Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. The Bean Pod is presented by Dowmaker, the top crypto launchpad in the industry. Dowmaker allows people to participate in top crypto projects before they launch and generate some of the best returns you can find anywhere. They also provide growth solutions for crypto projects that are looking for funding and assistance with marketing. With their revolutionary new public strongholder offerings, everyone can get early access to top crypto projects regardless of their net worth. Dowmaker is rapidly disrupting the venture capital industry. If you're interested, head over to dowmaker.com to learn more. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today we're going to be talking about the top three large cap crypto projects that are the most undervalued. And you need to know about these because you should probably have them in your portfolio. I mean, we have them in our portfolio. We've been long on these for a while. These are some of the projects we talk about all the time, but there's some interesting things that are going on within these projects that you need to know about. Yeah. So what do they do? How are they making money? Why do people invest in these projects? So... Let's go, let's go with the first one here. Hedera Hashgraph. HBAR. We love HBAR. HBAR. Yeah. It's pumped all the time. It just seems like this price hasn't really moved much lately. You know, it's, uh, there's complaints about it being centralized versus decentralized. It's Hashgraph versus blockchain. Yep. You know, so what makes this project so unique and why should people have it in their portfolio? So quick background on Hedera Hashgraph. Founded in 2018, it's a layer one blockchain. The difference between HBAR, Hedera Hashgraph and a lot of other blockchains is that it uses what's called Hashgraph technology. It's different than blockchain, right? And, and it's patented. So whereas blockchain is open source, HBAR, Hedera Hashgraph has their own thing going, which, you know, long-term, this could be a huge asset to the company. And it pretty much solves the problem that all the other projects, like Ethereum and Solana and Cardano are trying to solve. It's the verifying, the, it's the speed of transactions, having them verified and being secure all at the same time. Right. So Hedera Hashgraph, HBAR, it has advantages in say speed, transaction fee and energy usage over most of the main blockchains like Ethereum, Bitcoin for sure. Um, so right on the surface, it's offering, you know, huge advantages and that's why they have all these insane partners, right? It's all about the partners that really attracts us to HBAR. Yeah, I mean, so the governing council has Google, IBM, Boeing. They just got Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Yeah. They so there's so many big names. I think they have 39 council member um, spots available. And this is where I want to jump in quickly to the decentralized and centralized aspect of it. So there's 39 spots available on the governing council. What they're attempting to do is build out this perfect ecosystem. If you leave it to the decentralized manner right away, it's probably not going to be the perfect ecosystem. So with these 39 slots, each company has a 3% vote and they can say, oh, I think it's like, sorry, 2% vote. And they all get to kind of chime in on how the ecosystem should be developed, making it pretty much decentralized because it's 39 different companies all saying how it should be run. Right. So it's starting out centralized to get it kind of off on the right foot. And then as they grow and scale and move forward, they will become more decentralized. I feel like the main knock on HBAR by crypto heads, quote unquote, is that it's not decentralized. Um, But I like the innovative approach they're taking with starting a bit more centralized. And think of the advantage that having Google, IBM, Boeing, Ubisoft on this council, you know, the, the years of business experience and strategy that those companies will advise Hedera Hashgraph moving forward on all the projects that they're doing. That is, it's priceless. And it's something that, uh, you know, in a competing blockchain doesn't necessarily have. Like 
the, the partners and people behind Solana, Ethereum, Bitcoin, they might not necessarily have the experience from these large cap corporations, biggest in the world, right? Yeah, and Hedera is targeted towards enterprises. So when you have Google who then owns, you know, 50 other companies, how easy is it going to be to onboard and bring on additional projects or yeah. companies in down the in the future. It's huge, and <laughs> and the government, the governing council, they just allocated five billion for ecosystem growth back in September of 2021. Um, so we, you know, we really haven't seen a ton of that put to use yet. But this is a sleeping giant. Absolutely, and I think if you look long term, this is one of the best projects to hold in your portfolio. One of the, you know, when you look at all these companies, and you kind of just touch on use cases. Um, one of their most interesting use cases is like, what does HBAR do? What does Hedera Hashgraph do? So one one that struck my, struck my attention was the FPOS system in Australia, mm. which is the number one digital payment system that is now being built on Hedera. So digital payments to buy, buy anything anywhere in Australia is now they're building that platform on Hedera. So it's just one use case. It's an easy to understand one of why this company is going to be so successful moving forward. Yeah, they're reducing costs. They're increasing revenue for these for, for a company like FPOS and they're mitigating fraud. So it's, they're pretty much doing everything that you look for in a project. Yeah. And, and with Ubisoft coming on, they're obviously going to be getting into blockchain gaming, NFTs, everything, right? So what they're sitting at a $11 billion market cap. Fully diluted. Yep. They're around the number 34 ranked crypto project right now. Mm -hmm. Could you see this being a top 10 moving forward? Easily. Love it. Yeah. So let's move on to the next project that we have on our list today. We have Solana. All right. This is one of your favorites. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been talking about Solana in the community on the podcast for months. You know, I've been owning this thing for, for the better part of a year now. Uh, it's performed well. Um, what makes Solana so, so great? You know, why do we love it? Uh, well, first of all, it's the speed, right? Uh, cheaper, cheap transactions. The biggest knock against it. This is, a, so just to dial it back here. This is an Ethereum competitor, right? And when... NFTs went crazy, probably like six months ago or so. Mm -hmm. The Ethereum network got so congested, the Ethereum gas fees went up to like $150. Boom, in comes Solana. It's like instant transactions, super cheap. This gave them a lot of tailwind. Yeah. I mean, when the Solana NFT ecosystem exploded, it was really a light bulb moment to see what the Solana blockchain can do. Um, and we've seen the adoption that the Solana blockchain has seen over the past 12 months has been unmatched by any blockchain in terms of percentage of new wallets created, new users. I mean, it now is the number two blockchain under Ethereum for NFTs. Um, the amount of play to earn games that have come out on Solana has been extremely impressive. So, you know, it's come from, I think the token price was around $2 at the start of 2021. It went all the way to 250. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. Now it's down around 100. Um, but I mean, look, I, I think it's got a lot, a lot of room to grow. This is why we say it's undervalued, un nearing the undervalue aspect, uh, price on this token, right? It did go from two, $2 to 200 and some 250. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big, big gain. Yeah. You huge. know, so sitting on a hundred bucks is, could, could be a great spot to maybe dollar cost averaging into. Yeah, for um, sure. Um, I, I think ahead. one of the, um, one of the big things that I saw happening in Solana more recently was they're starting to partner with big companies. So Coachella is going to be doing their NFT, has done their NFT tickets on Solana. I see a lot of big names coming in and instead of choosing Ethereum for their NFTs, they're choosing Solana. And it just makes sense because the gas fees are basically zero. Ethereum gas fees, they've come down a little bit lately. Um, but when you look at from a business perspective, you can't be wasting that money on the Ethereum gas fees. And it just doesn't see every time an NFT explosion happens, the Ethereum gas fees go to 200. 
Solana's never going to get close to a dollar. Yeah. So um, they, they're also, when you look to the future of Solana and what they're doing in the roadmap, they also have Solana Pay as well. Yep. So when you have instant transactions, it's, you know, super fast, it's cheap. When you are looking to businesses, like, you know, like you said, a big uh, music festival like Coachella, imagine how this can be utilized in the real world, right? Yep. So it makes a lot of sense to me. The one thing we should mention with Solana is because they, what they've done is they've sacrificed decentralization and security for speed. Um, so they have had some hacks lately. They've had some outages when the network has just gone bonkers in terms of activity. Um, so it's, it is not as secure as Ethereum. Nothing really is. Um, but that has kind of turned a lot of people off Solana that has contributed to the price decrease mm. over the past while. Um, but you know what I always think about? And Mark Cuban said this in a, a Twitter spaces that we were listening to months ago. The end user or customer doesn't really care about what's going on behind the scenes, right? They just want the fastest, best, cheapest product available. And that applies to food or equipment, whatever it is. You know what I mean? You just want the best thing now. Mm. And for better, for worse, that is the consumer ideology. So Solana is delivering that the fastest. Does, does the end user really care that it's not as decentralized? They might not even know what that, you know, they don't understand potentially what decentralization really means. So I think Solana is continue, will continue to see success despite these hacks. I agree with you. I think the only thing it would prevent big money from stepping in would be, I think at their ICO, 50% of the coins went to venture capitalists. So that only left 50% for the public. So now there's this very small group of individuals who own the project. Hypothetically, they could just sh shut the whole thing down. Yep. You know, because it's not decentralized. Right. So I think that could, could deter really big backers from stepping in and, you know, driving that price up. Just for, something to be cautious of. For sure. It's one, it's definitely one thing to, to note. Um, yep. So as of time of recording, Solana is fitting, sitting at a $50 billion market cap, give or take. It's the number eight project in crypto. As I said, it went from two to 250. Now it's down around 100. Looking pretty good to me. I like it. Yep. All right, let's move on to the internet of blockchain. Number three, we have Polkadot. Polkadot. I love Polkadot. You know, I've been investing in Polkadot for a while. I've been staking, trying to accumulate more more dot. It trades on the ticker DOT. Yep, DOT. For, for those of you who are listening, um, you know, Polkadot was created like, this is like the true, this is like what Web3 is meant to be. Mm. Interoperability, interoperability yep. scalability. That is... That's Polkadot, right? For sure. So it's 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 not really the same as the other blockchains where Ethereum and Solana, they're they're one blockchain that does everything. So yeah. they're doing NFTs, they're doing games, they're doing DeFi, they're doing lending, everything. The way that Polkadot ecosystem works is they have a network of blockchains within the Polkadot network that are called parachains and they all feed into the main network. So this allows them to kind of specify what each one is going to do. You know, you could have, for example, one blockchain within Polkadot that's specifically for e-commerce. You could have one that's specific for blockchain games, one that's specific for mortgages and lending, whatever it is, you know? And that makes it very scalable because if every blockchain is doing something different, none of them are going to become too clogged with transactions. And they all communicate with each other, which is the interoperability part, right? Exactly. And unlike most blockchains, apps built on Polkadot can communicate with external networks as well. Yeah. So... When I, the, the reason I look to a, a company like Polkadot, you know, you're looking for momentum in the space. You're looking for momentum on the projects. When you just mentioned the parachains, there's a hundred slots that they have available and they've only filled, I think, five to seven of them so far. 
So there's still another 93 slots that need to be filled. That is going to, that's constant news that's going to come out. That's constant momentum behind the project itself. So I think we're going to see a lot more push for Polkadot. Yeah, I um, think so. One of the big things that's happened in the Polkadot system recently, which I feel like still has flown a lot under the radar, was the recent launch of Moonbeam. Um, so this is a Polkadot smart contract platform, which makes it easy for people to build natively interoperable blockchain apps within the Polkadot network. So really, it is the catalyst in the Polkadot blockchain. Right. Um, this recently IDO'd. You know, it's had a huge dump since then. But I think, you know, other than the actual Moonbeam token price, this is going to be huge for Polkadot because people will now be able to build apps in Polkadot. Yeah. Which- and the ecosystem makes it easier for developers to develop their apps. Yeah. So I, I love that. One, this has flown under the radar, which is why we had to talk about it today on undervalued. Um, I mean, a lot of crypto right now is, is down, um, but you look at these projects that have big ecosystems, a lot of good things coming. Um, I think Polkadot is definitely one of them. One, Actually, one of the co-founders of Polkadot is one of the co-founders of Ethereum too. Right, right. And right. they're actually claiming that once Polkadot is fully up and running, it's actually going to be faster than Ethereum 2.0. 2.0 yeah faster wow. than ethereum 2.0 which is quite interesting. interesting one knock that people do say on polka dot is because the way the network's set up where you have all these blockchains within their ecosystem that are all kind of feeding into the one they think it's kind of a little bit less decentralized because the one kind of controls all the other ones but an interesting thing that i found was that all the chains are independent in their governance so they're all governed they're not you know ruled by one central blockchain Mm. so they're united in their security which secures the entire network but they're all governed separately so it is still decentralized which i like right yeah and polkadot gives off this like this vibe that it's all about the community and you know you go through their website it's like the future of blockchain internet infrastructure lies and everyone working together in a spirit of cooperation that's beautiful you know what i mean and you know funny enough with like the ukraine donations for example you know there is on the official Ukraine website. It was like, you could donate in Ethereum, Bitcoin, and USDT. The fourth one added to that list was Polkadot. Yeah. You know, so it's up with the big names. I love it. I mean, and just to touch on what I said earlier, when you look at Ethereum and the gas fees are crazy whenever it gets busy. Solana, whenever the whenever it gets really busy, <clears throat> there's outages, right? With Polkadot, the way that it's built, the blockchain's all separate. I think it really is built for massive adoption and scalability. So when that comes to crypto, Polkadot could really shine. I am so looking forward to DOT just ripping in the future. So right now, Polkadot's sitting around a $20 billion market cap. It's the number 12 project in crypto, so it's right up there. Um, It was at a high of 53 earlier last year. Now it's around 18. Right. So, you know, is it in a buy zone? Undervalued, baby. That's undervalued. That's for you to decide. I've added a a few DOT uh, at this price range, so. I like it. I like it. Well, I think that's a good point to wrap it up. Yeah, I think these are some excellent projects all in the top 50 projects you need to check out further and make sure you tune into the next episode oh that one is going to be a fucking banger all views expressed by speakers on the bean pod are solely their opinions you should not treat any opinion expressed on the bean pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy but only as an expression of their opinion this podcast is for informational purposes only